Hyatt, and this is Rolling Stone Music Now. I'm in the studio with Coach K and P, the co-founders of the label Quality Control. And what these two guys have done in the past few years is pretty amazing. Basically, from scratch, they've started one of the most important labels in all of music. They started with Migos. They went on to bring the world Lil Yachty, Lil Baby, City Girls, and a whole lot more. And there's an amazing story behind how it all happened. They also have a new compilation album coming out right now, Quality Control, Control the Streets, Volume 2, which has a bunch of their established artists as well as some new artists. And we're going to talk about all of that and tell their whole story. Welcome, guys. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. So there's a lot to talk about, and I know you've told your story a bunch of times. I hate to make you tell it again, but it's a good story, so we're going to do it. <laughs> Coach, one thing I saw you say that was really interesting is that you were a college basketball player? Is that yeah. What? Yeah, and you said that sports plays a big role in the way that you treat your business. When you recruit an artist, it's similar to the way that you might have been recruited to play or your friends might have been recruited and that you learn from that and that you're using this kind of paradigm every day. Most definitely. Before music, pretty much, I feel like music saved my life. Sports was everything. You know, I played ball all my life, college. But yeah, it's kind of similar. Like walking in here, me and P, we were just sharing some artists that we were just looking at. I used to watch like when the recruiters used to come recruit me and my friends. It was kind of like of a code that they had to stand by the way they did it. You know, it's like you wouldn't do it, you know, all in front of everybody's face. You kind of like right. secretly, <laughs> you find it, then you kind of secretly kind of go after it. You know, in this business and in, in any business, once it seemed like something is wanted, then everybody's coming. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm going to get to P in a second because the moment you intersected is the moment that quality control started. But, but Coach, you were an artist manager starting with Young Jeezy. Yeah. Do you mind talking about just briefly about how you encountered Jeezy and how that all got started? I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, before I met Jeezy, I worked with an artist named Pastor Troy. And we had our time. Actually, the whole story, a friend of mine that I grew up with played ball. He got drafted by the Hawks and he started a label called Hindu Entertainment and um, I came over to A&R and we ended up doing business with Pastor Troy from that I started working with Troy then when Alan decided that well his business managers basically came in and said listen man this business is not making any money huh. you know you should shut it down but at that point I was really really serious about music you know he had a basketball career he was multi-millionaire he had a big contract so he went on with his business but for me music was really something i really wanted to do so started working with troy and then from there i used to manage producers right basically hustling i run around all the damn studios in the city of atlanta with my producer selling their beats and i got a call one day from a friend of mine who at the time was managing dallas austin studio which was dark studios he's like man you need to come up here you know some young guys have been sitting up in this studio for like a couple months in the A room just spending money you know you bring some of your producers over here you probably can come here and make some money you know and that's that's how I thought about it and when I got there I met Jeezy and at the time he wasn't even rapping he was actually he was a young entrepreneur basically sure. he had his artist convinced him to rap and here we had young Jeezy you know I mean this is something this is a pattern the two of you I mean with Lil Baby he wasn't a rapper you Fact. guys <laughs> you guys recognize something in him and you're like you should be a rapper and you could not have been more correct for sure when someone isn't even an artist they're not even a rapper but you recognize something in them that they could be not only a rapper but like a huge hit star artist what is that quality i think it's just a god-given gift just to be able to see something in somebody that they don't see in themselves 
You know what I'm saying? Or be able to see, you know, potential in them that they don't even know that they have. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what to call it. I just feel like it's just a God-given gift because it's been working. It's yeah, been, clearly. It's been working. And I didn't grow up wanting to be in the music business. This wasn't like my passion or whatever growing up. It's just something that God sort of put upon me. Lives. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, in our lives or whatever. So I just feel like it's just a God-given talent. And what about Jeezy particularly? What did you sense in him? The authenticity. You know what I'm saying? I saw it. Same as Baby. Baby wasn't rapping. I, it was something in him. I was like, oh shit, this boy is authentic. He got the style. You know, he has everything that a lot of rappers rap about, but he's really in it and doing it. You know right. what I mean? It's the life experience too, it's, as much exactly. as anything else. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And his voice, like his, to me, his voice tone, like it always starts with a voice. Like when I met Jeezy, first time I heard his voice, he played a record for me and I was like, who was that on the record? He was like, that's me, but I really don't rap. I'm like, damn, your voice is dope. Mm. So just kicking it, I'm fast forward, kicking yeah, it with yeah. Baby. When we first started kicking it, when I met him, when he was younger, because me and him were always just kicking on some, damn, I see what you got on, you fresh today, da 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 da. But his voice texture, you know what I'm saying? His voice tone was dope to me. Yeah. One day was just like, man, I think you should rap, man, because a lot of these rappers telling your story. Right. You right, know what I mean? Like right. really telling your story. I think kind of like emblematic of what you do that differentiates you from a major label signing someone off of SoundCloud numbers. Like, it's the exact opposite. Coming into the game, when me and Pete first got together, we structured our whole company on developing talent, grabbing artists. You know, the Migos, okay, when we signed the Migos on YouTube, because SoundCloud hadn't really hit yet, but on YouTube and on a mixtape circuit, they were making some noise, you know? We, we was e even able to come in and enhance that. But every other artist that we signed to after that was brand new artists. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, wasn't no bidding war on. You know, it was like really finding it, digging it, finding that diamond and shining that diamond up. You know what I mean? There's a little bit of uh, the old Motown Records approach in that Facts. too as well. Yeah, Most for definitely. Sure. Most definitely. Not even knowing that we were doing that, you know? Right. The way they ran their company and the way we run our company is so similar. It's amazing. Me and Pete just had the opportunity to see the documentary Hitsville. It just it comes out. They just premiered it like last week. Hmm. But it comes out this fall and just watching that documentary, it's kind of scary about Motown about Barry Gordy yeah, yeah about Barry oh he's the yeah. greatest of all time but yeah. it's just like it's scary how our company and their company similarity yeah yeah. you parted ways with Young Jeezy and then you managed uh, Gucci Mane yes and Pete you and Gucci are close you, you said like brothers yeah that's like my best friend yeah and that was and again I'm sure we're skipping ahead a bunch of years but essentially that's how you the two of you connected was through Gucci yeah yeah, yeah. and then from what I understand the motivator to start this label, to start all this, was the kind of the discovery of the Migos. Yeah, it was. Yeah, of course I heard about them, but it's like the first real meeting, what they called a bando, <laughs> at the time was Quavo's mother's house, but in the basement, it was a computer sitting on a chair. Yeah. In the basement. They had a blanket. <laughs> the booth was in a closet with the blanket in front of it. And I remember walking in that basement and hearing some of the most incredible music I heard ever. And I was so excited when I left out of there. I mean, going in there, I couldn't really show how excited I was. Again, it's a recruiting thing. Like, right. when you're recruiting something, it's like, <laughs> you can't really show how excited. You make them feel, but you can't show the excitement. But I remember leaving up out of there, and they gave me a CD, and I called P. I was like, dog, I'm telling you, man, this shit is crazy. I'm going to bring you this CD. Just listen to the music. And I think you were worried that it might take P a while to actually listen to it. He, yeah, he takes his time. But it was like a day, like two days later. He called me like, man, this shit is crazy. Yep. <laughs> That's it here. It takes his time. We both take our time on different things. 
Like certain things, he's fast on it, you know, and sometimes I'm fast on it. I guess that's why we make great partners. And at what point did it go from these guys are great to the two of us need to start a label? We're going to have a plan. It's going to go. Like, how did that actually come together? Shit. <laughs> as soon as he listened to that tape. Yeah. It's wild because I was supposed to have another meeting with him. I called him. I was like, I'm going to have another meeting with him. And he was like, shit, man, twin already set the meeting up. You just need to meet. Twins one other partners like you just need to meet us down at the studio. They on their way to the studio now. You you moving too slow. And I was like, damn. Actually, the guy over there, twin. my other partner, twin. Twin called me like coach move slow. <laughs> 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 hey, you need to go on and yeah, you know, yeah, go on and press on it. So that's what I did. I mean, like you said, P, you, you had other investments. I already had a, a little independent later with with my partner called Dirty Dollar. Okay. You know, we had been grinding for like two years and we just wasn't getting nowhere. Sort of like the same story Coach had with the basketball guy and it had got to the point to where I ain't need no financial advisor coming to tell me it ain't making no money. I knew. You <laughs> <laughs> just had to look in your wallet, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just knew we was spending a lot of money and wasn't no money coming back in. Yeah. And I just went to my partner and was like, bro, you know, this ain't working. We need to do something else but of course he was an artist as well as my partner and it's hard to tell like an artist like you know we need to put the brakes on because this is his dream you feel what I'm saying I'm coming in from a business standpoint right, and right. this is a dream for him you can't tell no nobody who believe in they dream that you know you need to <laughs> that's get, a tough conversation, conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know from a business point of it I was just like we gotta just slow down and do something else he wasn't willing to do that so I was just like yo this is what we gonna do because I had built a studio in Atlanta mm-hmm and my business partner from South Carolina, he had a studio in South Carolina. So I was like, since we not seeing eye to eye, but you know, we partners, I'm gonna part ways on the business and start my own thing. You do your own thing. You go follow your vision, I'm gonna follow mine, and um, we'll just meet back up. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because we still family at the end of the day. And then that's when I went to coach. And I was like, coach, I got this studio, wow. but I don't got no artists. And can you hear me? Because I had been watching what he was doing with Gucci and whatever. And then that's how I sort of went from there. Migos, you know, have so much going on. Three unique personalities. They always had a look. At the time, they had a bunch of different flows. There was one flow in particular, of course, that kind of caught fire. How close were they to the kind of final form of Migos when you encountered them? You know what I mean? Like, how far along their development were they when they came your way? Well, the whole wire in tape was already recorded. Except right. three songs. Except right. like three songs. Their whole rise, people who think that there aren't these complicated stories anymore, people think that artists get one shot and then it's over now, but their story is, like again, like an old-school story. There's ups and downs and moments when it didn't think it was going to happen. Let's talk about the song Versace for a second. I mean... Whoa. I mean, I just love the Versace store. That song, people didn't know what to think of it at first. The sheer repetition, the sheer energy... And it, it became unstoppable. Drake jumped on it. Niggas be wanting a verse for a verse, but man, that's not a swap to me. How did the Drake thing happen? Drake seen them at the birthday, birthday bash. bash. Yeah, at the birthday bash. I wasn't there. Yeah, Drake ran into we was at the birthday bash, which is uh, you know how New York has a summer jam. So Hot 1079 Atlanta, birthday bash is like the big concert of the summer, right. you know, everybody come. And I think two chains was bringing them out that day, if I'm not mistaken. And brought him out. 
But uh, we had just put out YRN, which was the first mixtape that was put out when we signed the guys, right? And the tape had only been out four days. That's when music used to drop on Tuesday. Right. We had dropped it on that Tuesday. Birthday Bash was that Saturday. And Drake walked right up to me and was like, hey. He's like, Coach, this your group? He said, yeah. He said, man, I've been listening to them for the last four days. And he quoted a lyric off of one of the songs. It wasn't one of the songs that was out. You know, it was like another song he quoted. It was like, we exchanged numbers, you know what I'm saying? And then like a week later, he reached out and was like, man, I want to jump on one of them records. And that was, was. So I actually sent him two records. Yeah. You know, at the time, we sent him two records. And we weren't even thinking about him jumping on Versace, for real, for real. But we sent him Versace in another record, like, this is the record we want you on. And he sent the verse back on Versace. Coach, I think you made the point that when Drake jumped on and adopted that triplet flow, that was a big moment for that oh, sound. No, yeah. It was such a big moment. I mean, at that moment, that's when I think that rap pattern, that cadence changed hip hop. Because Drake being a big artist that he was, shit, he's the biggest, right? With him coming in and adopting that flow, right? I watched the whole rap culture take that cadence. To a point, I, I'm not even gonna lie, like <clears throat> me and P, we was getting a little angry because it was like a lot of, you know, artists that was on bigger levels was getting all the praise, you know what I'm saying? It's like, but this these boys shit, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So yeah. Shit, we had to swim through that shit. You know what I'm saying? Seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And bad and bougie. Cooking up dope with a Uzi. My niggas are savage, ruthless. We got thudders and hundred rounds too. I would say one of the biggest songs of the century, no doubt. For sure. And you had a situation where it was kind of like, I think it intersected with the end of the 300 deal. Oh, yeah. And I think you actually just leaked the song. We leaked the song. We leaked the song three days after we came to an agreement with 300. It wasn't about us leaving. We came to an agreement, 300 and QC once we did parted ways. You know, we just came to an agreement, right? And three days after we came to an agreement, because we were, we had the record, we leaked the record. When Offset sent me the record, I knew the record was a smash. Yeah, for everyone I know, every time, first, second, you heard it. Oh, no, 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 from yeah, day yeah. one. I, yeah. P and P, then Quavo, then he jumped on it and we put the record out that and it took make, that, yeah it took a minute but, but it yeah. took a minute I mean yeah. we put it out Memorial Day weekend the boys start going out on the road probably like a month later they were like man you know everybody's saying this song word for word the song had only been out about a month they performed it a couple of times like man they singing it word for word and this is the time of SoundCloud it's the first time that we ever put a record out on SoundCloud though wow because wow. before that we would put records out on mixtapes right and this was the first time we put a record out on SoundCloud right new era yeah it was a new era you know what i'm saying like and it just phew, fired off are you surprised by anything that's happened with migos since because i mean they became pretty culture dominated for us no nah, man i feel like it's way more to come because they have so much style and individually you know like they put out their solo projects so you got to see the individuality of how creative each one of them are that i think it's an endless whenever they get tired you know but i think it's so much more to come one of my colleagues was talking about the soul projects. Were they intended to each be smash albums or was the idea just like, hey, let's showcase each of them and then we'll go back to the mothership? Like, how did you see that in the frame of their career? I mean, yeah, so they can all just show their individuality because you see a group sometimes and, you know, you see them together all the time so you never really get to understand who are they, you know what I mean? So with their solo projects, they was able to create whatever they want to create, how they want to do it. You know what I'm saying? Where you don't have to sit there and say, you know, with a group, you have to bend and this and that, okay, you got to think about the group member, you know, so give them their time to express. And I think it was very successful. 
a lot of times when people talk about Lil Yachty, a few topics always come up. Generation gap, people hating on him from older generations, the controversy attaches them, and then the fact that none of that matters. As he says, you know, he's basically for the kids. But what impresses me again is that is that you were able to recognize his talent because for a long time it didn't seem like anyone over the age of 22 was able to understand what he was doing. So One of the young kids, like he's like really like one of my street A&Rs, he played me his record and I was like, what the hell is this? Not in a bad way though. You know what I'm saying? Because I was like, his voice is crazy. I was like, what the hell? You know, the melodic. But then I asked him what he looked like. As soon as he showed me what he looked like, I was like, listen, man, go find him. <laughs> yeah. I want to sign him. You know what I mean? And it took a couple weeks, but like P said earlier, we always say God is on our side. His father had happened to just DM me on Facebook. I never checked Facebook. I set a Facebook up. I had a Facebook up, but I set a Facebook, uh, what do you call that shit? Where people can like DM you, you messenger, know? whatever. Messenger. Yeah, I yeah, set a yeah, Facebook yeah. messenger yeah. for my 40th birthday, so all my friends from high school and college can find me, you know. And um, he happened to DM me, and I just happened to check it. And he was like, "Man, I've been looking for you." He's like, "My son." He's like, "Miles is blowing up," and I'm like, "Shit, what high school do we play for?" Because <laughs> we do sports management. Yeah. So I'm like, "Shit, what high school we play for?" I want to come see him play. He was like, nah. He was like, have you ever heard of a kid named Lil Yachty? I was like, yeah, I've been looking for him for like two weeks. He was like, that's Miles' Lil Yachty. And then boom. I mean, his dad been friends for 20 years. That's crazy. And he's a photographer. For, yeah, he's a big time yeah. photographer. You know, he's like Atlanta's Gordon Park because he documented Outkast and Troy and Little John. He documented the whole hip hop scene as it came up. And then it went further than that. Me and his mom went to college. Once I met his mother, it was so, it was, you know. Shit was supposed to happen. Yeah. P, did you have any barrier to understanding Yachty? Because, again, I know many people who were not kids at first were like, what is this guy? What's his deal? Even some people in rap were like, you know, he's a suburban kid. Like, what is this? Did you get it right away or did it take you a minute? No, um, when Coach first showed Yachty to me, I, we was in the studio. He brought me in a little small room in the studio and was like, um, I want you to check this kid out. He's playing a few songs. And at first, I, I'm going to be honest, I didn't get it. <laughs> Yeah. I ain't get it. Yeah. And then when he showed me what he looked like with the um, red hair and stuff, I ain't really get it because it just didn't fit what we was over here doing, like with the other artists. It was just different than anything that we was doing at the time. And um, I ain't get it at first, but then he played this other record. Minnesota. Minnesota. Call like Minnesota. Call like Minnesota. Call like Minnesota. He played the Minnesota. And I was just like, that little beat with the piano, it yeah. just caught me off. And then the way he was rapping on it, the way he had his voice tone was on it, I told Coach, I was like, yo, that song right there hard. It's, it gonna go, it's gonna go crazy. So I didn't get it at first, but when I heard that song, I knew that song was gonna be something. So I was just like, you know, whatever you with, Coach, I'm with it. And then we went from there. I thought it was interesting. I think you guys were saying like, hits or not for Yachty it doesn't matter because it's a different model he might transition into acting he might transition to it's just like he's not dependent in the same way that another artist might be on hit records I thought that was a pretty interesting way of looking at it I mean hits are hits though yeah you know but like his generation those kids are not driven by radio yeah at all right you know what I'm saying I mean most of them probably can't even tell you what a radio station if you ask them well, what radio station I'll probably look at you crazy you right. know what I mean so right. Knowing that and then, you know, having conversation with him on what you want to do. He's like, I want to be the next Will Smith. You know, I'm like, wow, oh, shit. Well, let's go. You know what I mean? Like, because we want him to have the next Will Smith. So that was really our whole focus, man, to make sure he became one of the best entertainers ever. 
in general, you're making moves around Hollywood and stuff. For sure. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's like I said, was one of, like he said he wanted to be Will Smith. So film and television, you know, he's very, very like, that's one of his biggest things he's into right now. I think there was talk about it, like he should have a sitcom, that kind of thing. Yeah, most definitely. Well, we actually, um, he has a show that's going to be coming on Quibi. All right. Yeah. Quibi is the one that has the little short yeah, clips. The shorts. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good fit. That's a smart yeah. fit. Yeah, mm-hmm. Because, I mean, that's where the kids are. These kids, man. That attention spans, <laughs> you know, crazy. I think Quibi was one of the greatest ideas, you know, platform that gives you um, bites at seven to ten minutes. Absolutely. We talked a little bit about Lil Baby and how, again, that you encouraged him to become a rapper, but where did you meet him? How did he come into your orbit? How did you get the idea? All that stuff. He been around me since he was a teenager. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, like one of my other best friends, he sort of like raised Lil Baby, like came up up under him and baby just always been in our circle so it was just i've been knowing baby before qc4 built the studio or whatever just oh, wow. a young kid in the streets in atlanta you know what i'm saying and me just coming from the streets in atlanta just so he was like family yeah yeah did you always have it in the back of your head or because that makes it even more interesting to me like if you knew him that long when did you come to realize like oh shit this guy could rap this could be a thing now i'm gonna be honest i gotta get a coach all that credit because Baby just used to come to the studio and just hang out. He used to like to gamble. He used to, like, when the Amigos and Rich the Kid and all those artists used to come off the road mm-hmm. with their back-end money, he used to be there, like, ready to gamble because he used to, like, shoot dice and stuff. So he used to be over there, like, on some gambling stuff and just hanging out and just, you know, part of the, the crew, you know. And um, one day, Coach had said to me, like, I'm telling you, man, little baby, he got it, man. He ought to rap. He ought to rap. Wow. I ain't see it because... At the time, Baby was just in the street. He never gave me like any type of indication that he wanted to even do any music. He was hustling in the streets, getting his little money. He just never gave me an indication that's what he wanted to do. But Coach seen something different. I was like, yeah, you think so? He's like, yeah, I'm telling you, he got it. He got that Atlanta swag, and he doing everything that all these rappers out here talking about. He like the real definition of like Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? Or what one of these Atlanta... He just was pure Atlanta, man. Like, yeah. you look at little Baby, his way he talked, his swag, but he was fresh. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I loved about him, like, he was in the streets hustling, but he wasn't flamboyant. You know, just like super smart. Right. Clever. Right, yeah. right. Yes. Coach had said it a few times, and, you know, we was just building and doing what we was doing, but it wasn't until when Baby had went to prison. I think he went to prison for like two years. Wow. And then, you know, we used to talk. Every now and then he'll call everybody be at the studio would jump on the phone call and be like, Yo, when you get out, man, just come to the studio and let's, you know what I'm saying, let's find something for you to do. And then when he got out, Coach was encouraging him and then, you know, he used to come to the studio every day and he was around Thug and um going over there to their studios and just seeing what everybody was doing. He was hanging out studio, so then one day we just talked and he went in there and started rapping. Was there steps when he got on the mic? Did it take like a couple now, months? Or, you know nah, what I mean? Nah, already, nah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, it, yeah. it happened so fast because he just was coming to the studio and he was recording. So I didn't even know he was in there recording. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so then one day, Coach came to me and was like, yo, you heard a baby song? <laughs> you heard a song about baby? What? I was like, I was like, nah. And then me and him, I went in the studio with him one day, and then he played me some records. And when I heard the records, I was just like, I see the potential in it. And you got to think about it, I've been knowing this kid forever. And I knew he wasn't rapping. He wasn't no rapper. And for him to just go in there and make those songs like that, right? I was like, how many songs you got? He's like, I think I got like seven or eight. <laughs> I like, all right, make a few more, then come back. And when he came back, it's crazy because 
Baby was like really, really in the streets, hustling and making his own money and stuff. And he come from like the circle of people who are like my close friends or whatever. So when he came back and um played me some more records like a couple of weeks later, I literally told him like, yo, we're going to freeze on whatever you're doing in the street. Let's focus on this. I got a vision. You, my partner, I want to see you make it more than, you know, more than anybody. I want to see you, you know, not no favoritism in the group, just I want to see you make it, bro, because I know you out here and I know that you got potential. But if you take this serious, because it took a lot for me yeah. to really take the music business serious. You know what I'm saying? But thank God I had like Coach K and, you know what I'm saying, like Twin and other people that was encouraging me saying, man, this business is real. And if you apply yourself to it, it's a lot of money. And so I was telling him like, yo, it's a lot of money in this. And if we do it right, we can do it. And I had to actually like reach out to my partner and it was like, yo, bro, let little baby go. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. like literally, I had to like make a phone call. Like, bro, let them go. I know y'all getting money, doing what y'all doing or whatever, but just let me have them. And this is going to be the plan. If I can get baby to just listen to me and just follow whatever guideline we put out there for him, we're going to make this work. And baby and my partner, we all a team. So I was like, I promise you, bro, if we make this work, it's going to benefit Everybody, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, this going to be y'all way to get out the street. You know what I'm saying? This going to be y'all way to make some legit money, take care of y'all family. You know what I'm saying? And, man, it was crazy because his first 10 songs that he had, I said, how many songs you got? He said 10. He said, I got like 10. All right, give me the 10 songs. I got the songs, got them mixed and mastered. I told him to go take a picture. I was like, man, just go take a picture in front of the project. So go to your neighborhood, just take a picture. It was literally just like that. And he came back, he had a picture, and it was the project on um, Perfect Time. Yeah. That first mistake. And um, the first 10 songs, I just listened to them. I put them in a, you know, I done went from CEO to A&R mode now. <laughs> I didn't even know I had it in me. I just put the songs in order. We shot like three or four videos off of it, and we just put it out. We, Me and him got out in the streets, and we was out here, like, literally, literally grinding. And Coach was just sitting back, like, <laughs> Go do your thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. He, you know, he was focusing on other things and we got out here and we was just bringing the awareness. And it's crazy because he came back like two months later and he had like 15 more songs that I didn't even know he was recording. Mm. And we was just in the studio and he just played the records. And um, we were going to all the little clubs in Atlanta just promoting that first project. But then he came back like two months later and play some more songs and I was like you recorded all these did somebody write these for you he was like no 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 I, I, I did and I was like man these songs is hard Yeah. but I was like these songs is hard and then we came up I told him to go take a picture I said go take a picture with your shirt off nah like like literally yeah. cause I had this idea I like bro go take a picture with your shirt off and um get me the picture cause I had this idea in my head coaches always say he the real definition of a Atlanta street cat yeah. So he came back. He sent me the picture. It was a picture with his shirt off. I literally, I still got the text messages from the artwork designer, NB. I literally went on Google and I just, I had this idea in my head. I just Googled Atlanta and I looked on the pictures. The Braves Stadium, the where the Hawks play at, the Coca-Cola sign, you know, the skyscrapers in Atlanta, the West End, Oakland City, all the places that I Iconic, knew yeah. Lil Baby was from. You know what I'm saying? I got the West End sign. I got the Oakland City sign, departments in Oakland City, some of the historical sites. I know Lil Baby come from the streets. So I put some pictures of drugs on there, police cars, just everything that defined a street cat coming from Atlanta. And I just sent all those pictures to the artwork designer. And I said, hey, put all these pictures in his body with his shirt off. Yeah. And man, he sent that cover back. 
And when I seen that cover, I swear I called Lil Baby, I sent Lil Baby the cover, and he was like, he like, man, this this crazy. In my mind, I said, when people just see this cover, I was telling baby, I said, bro, these songs you just gave me, they so hard, but when people see this cover, it's gonna make them be like, what is this? Because the cover was just so creative, it'll make you be like, let me go see what this kid talking about. And we put that tape out, man, and he had my dog on there, and it's just, yeah, you know, Boom. we just went off. That's my dog, show. That's my dog. Me and my dog. We on the road. On the new album, there's a, a collaboration with the baby. It's just called Baby. Weezy out of here. Weezy out of here. Rich piece of bankroll, showing how to do it. Baby going crazy, you been getting straight to it. I done caught you many fights in the. Now, the baby is not one of your artists. How'd you get him along this? The baby, we got a relationship with him. He cool. He from the south. He from Carolina. Um, I had actually sat down with them. I had met the baby before in L.A. and we had sat down and talked. And um, that baby, he been had that baby record. You know, baby just record all the time, and one day he had played the record and the style of it. It was just so different than how he normally be yeah. rap because he was sort of like, you know, baby. Yeah. It was like a melody, you right. know what I'm saying that he had on it, and um, that record been around. So I had called him one day and I was like, bro, we gonna put the compilation together. I need you to send me like three or four songs. So that was one of the records that he had sent. But then, like the last period of us putting the project all the way together, he called me. He was like, "Bro, I want to put the baby on this record." I was like, "All right, cool." I was like, "You want me to reach out to him?" He like, "No, nah, I already sent it to him." Wow. And it just so happened that Quavo called me and said, "Bro, I'm on the way to the studio to meet the baby." We was in L.A. and I was like, "All right, cool." I was like, "Um, baby, say he just sent him a song." So I pulled up. And I hollered at the baby And I was just like Did you get that record from the baby? He like Yeah I'm about to knock it out right now I like alright cool So When I went to sleep that night I woke up The baby and little baby Had sent the record to me Yeah And I sent it to Coach And I was like Yo This song about to be crazy I sent it to Coach We got it mixed and mastered That day That day we had got the files Got it mixed and mastered And we, we put the record out A day later Yeah like a day later You yeah. know what I'm saying So now, at the moment, it's like the number one trending video in the world or whatever, so it's, yeah. it's, it's working out. Yeah, shout out to the baby. <laughs> City Girls are really unique. They're kind of hilarious. I don't know if you want to talk real briefly about how that thing came together. How yeah, you, I yeah. mean, the City Girls, shit, I heard one of their records. I was in Miami down there for, uh, I think it was, it was Revolt Music Conference. Puffs, Diddy's a music conference. I was speaking on the panel down there, and uh, I heard that one of my partners lives down there, who actually manages the City Girls now, Stan, and... Um, we was out and heard the song and I asked him I said man who the hell are these girls and he was like man these girls right now they tearing the city up like all the strip clubs and stuff they selling them out and everything I said man can you give me a meet with them we need to meet with them so the following week I was coming back down we all was coming back down for BT Hip Hop Awards and I set up a meeting to meet with them or was it vice versa? I think it was BET Hip Hop Awards first and then Revolt mm -hmm. yeah we was down there for BET then Revolt came back down for Revolt so I set up a meeting with them man as soon as I met them girls I walked in that studio and they started talking. I was like, oh shit, these girls are some stars. The same thing, authenticity there, story, the look, everything was there, you know what I mean? I called P, I'm like, man, we gotta sign these girls. Man, these girls is too crazy. Yeah. <laughs> P reaction was, man, what? <laughs> Cause they only had one, they only had two records at the yeah. time, you know yeah. what I mean? And I was like, man, you just got to meet him. So I came back. Then P had to go down to Miami for something, and I wasn't with him. And he met with them. 
and uh, we signed them. Yeah. Them, Lil Baby on your last compilation, no one knew who they were. Now they're, they're star artists. On Control the Streets, Volume 2, do you want to talk about maybe a couple of new artists that you're excited about right now? It's this artist that we signed with Offset, Deuce from Memphis. He got this record out in the streets right now, and as he got this video, it then went viral. Really excited about him. Very talented. It's like that real, like, he just reminded you of that old Memphis. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? He on the project. Very excited about him. Layton Green. Layton Green, our new R&B artist. We signed an R&B artist, 20-year-old from wow. St. Louis. She got a record that's going. So we sampled a Sierra record, but it's going. She got a little baby in the city, girls, but... We about to put a project out next month, and when I tell you I'm so excited about her EP, you know, it's new for us just signing that genre of music, um, yeah. R&B, but this girl, she's, like, really special. She got a story to tell. She got a real story. I'm very excited about her. We got a lot of the teen artists on there, some baby artists, uh, Rollo Rodriguez. We got Collision. Collision. We got one-eyed artist from QC. Marlo. Marlo. Very excited about him and some of the other artists. We got 24 Heavy. Lingo. Lingo. Domingo. Merc. Some of the Migos artists. You know what I'm saying? Um, Mango Foo. Mango. Steph Don. Steph Don. London, yeah. Yeah. Representing. Yeah, so a full slate. You got a whole future slate up there. Yeah. And we got a lot of star guest artists on there, too. Yeah. So, you know, we got Travis Scott. Meek. We got Meek. Megan Thee Stallion and... I don't know. There's a lot on there we missing out. The baby. Yeah. yeah. The baby. It's crazy. You know what I'm saying? In the minute we had left, I just want to look ahead to the future of, of the Migos. Culture 3. People think it might come out like early next year. I don't know. Where are they with that? We're cooking up right now. You know, when you're cooking a, a master meal, you just got to wait on the meal. We're cooking up right now. Are they actively recording? or is Oh, it like for a, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's cooking. Yeah. It's cooking right now. <laughs> I think everybody's going to be excited for what they get. For sure. Every time they come together, it's just growth. All right, Coach KMP, thanks so much for being here. That was excellent. Control the Streets Volume 2 is out now. There's a lot of other music we talked about that you may have already heard. It's a lot of projects coming. A lot of projects. This fourth quarter, yeah. A lot coming up. So this has been today's Rolling Stone Music Now. We'll be back next week here on SiriusXM's Volume Channel 106. In the meantime, we are a podcast. Download us as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Maybe leave us a nice review on iTunes. As always, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker, although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.